so my name is Dimitri Nikolaou and I'm um, a menswear designer. Um, I've been in the menswear industry since I was about 16 years old. Um, slowly, slowly sort of climbed up the ladder uh, and then ended up on Savile Row where found my love for men's tailoring in particular. I saw that, I remember. When I saw yeah. your Savile Row, I was like, that's the dream to be Yeah, I mean, it came, it came a lot quicker than I expected it to as well, to be honest. Um, How did you get there, if you don't mind? Like, was it like connections so or like just... The way I first ever got into menswear was, um, I was actually just a sales assistant at Hackett. Oh, nice. Um, Hackett London. Yeah, Hackett yeah. London. Started to go super high. Would you get commissioned for sales? And like, yeah, like, pretty oh, much. Nice. So like in every, you'd have like a team meeting there near enough every morning. Um, and like week after week, my sales would improve and it was, the majority of my stuff was coming from suits, so. so was how old were you when you were at Hackett? Uh, 17. And how old are you now, 25? 24. 24. 25. 25. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> this year's really I'm the same, I'm, like, I'm 26 and I hate it, man. Once you pass 25, you're like, shit, how old am I? Shit. So okay, 24, so yeah. Hackett at 17. Yeah. How long were you there for? Uh, yeah, Hackett, years? I was until 20, I was there. So, so I spent good three years. A, a good amount of time there. At Hackett, I would say, is when I, I really sort of had to prove to myself that um, it was the right thing to be doing because straight out of school, um, you know, I never, never wanted to go to university. Was um, my form teacher, like, back in year seven. And, like, he picked up a liking to me all the way back then. And then throughout the whole school, he was always great to me. And then sixth one came about, and I told him that I didn't want to go to university, and then, like, things just changed from then, like... Mm. Like he, did, you just, what, did your parents want you to go to university? I mean, they never put too much pressure on me, to be honest. With parents, it was a different thing. It wasn't university, it was about getting the job. Like, yeah. um, somebody knew, had an IT firm in Tottenham Court Road, mm -hmm. and uh, he was like, the pay's like two and a half grand a month. Oh, nice. Like, go at that there. Age you, well. At that Great. age, yeah, I was like, super. any other, probably 17 year old would have been like, Take it off, like, snatch it off straight away. That's yeah. it. So, um, I did actually do. I did actually take on the job um, for about six months. You know, I learned as much as possible. But what happened there is that I was waking up in the morning, getting there just before I start my day, and leaving dead on five o'clock. Yeah. You know, there was no. When that happens, you know in your head you're like, you know what? I don't really want to do this. If you're following the times of what they tell you to do. Yeah. You know from the get go. Just sitting something. around waiting for the clock to go. The guy who was in charge of me at the time. At the IT. Um, at the IT firm. He called me for a chat and I'll never forget him saying, he said, Dimitri, I can see, he goes, you're a lovely guy, everything we put in front of you, you'll do it. Um, but he goes, you can see that my passion's not there. Mm. And you know, we had a really nice chat and then he was just like, what you need to find is, is something you're truly passionate about. He goes, so when I'm on the tube in the morning and I see someone on their laptop having issues, I'm like so, I like, itching really, to like, yeah, oh, he's yeah. like itching to help them. Yeah. And if I go on the train and I see someone in a bad fitting suit, it's gonna itch you. It uh, itches me to tell you. You want to go like, and adjust his trousers for a more or less. It's actually mad. I think I've got the ages wrong. So I started. <laughs> so <laughs> left, so really left school. So left school. So I was seventeen when I left school. At the IT firm, I must have started Hackett at eighteen. So I was eighteen till twenty at Hackett. There was always this brand that I looked up to. Like even on lunch breaks, I was going into their shop, like just looking around. Um, suit supply. So I went in there a few times and I started to speak to some of the guys who worked there. And um, one of the guys who worked there who I'm still really, really good friends with now and we've both like moved so much in our careers, uh, Tom. He was at Super at the time and he was like, uh, we're looking for someone in the made to measure department. Why don't you give me your CV? So I thought, yeah, okay, gave him my CV. From, yeah, so from Hackett, 
I used to be, I was going to the suit supply uh, on my lunch breaks and stuff like that. And then I met that guy Tom, and he was like, "Bring me your um, CV, and we'll see if you have anything in the made to measure department." Um, so I went there, gave my CV, and I got a job at uh, suit supply. I got a job offer. I was there. I was planning to stay there for the long run. Really? Because um, as soon as you start a suit supply, they send you off to suit school in Amsterdam. It's like a four day trip, all inclusive, like hotel, flights. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think he started suit supply in 2010 um, on the side of a motorway in Amsterdam. And then they ranked their number one suit. Um, and suit supply suit came joint first with a three and a half grand Armani suit. And a wow. suit supply suit goes for like 300 pounds. Bloody hell. So then that got in like the New York Journal, the Wall Street paper. Suit supply thought like, this is it. Like, I'm staying here now. I'm going to work my way up and you know, travel to the other shops mm -hmm. and whatnot. And um, he was like, we're looking for someone. Um, by the way, like, why don't you give me your CV? And, and how long have you been suit supply at this point? Like, not even <laughs> four months Bloody I think hell. I was there. Life's just moving fast. So options. I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, um, I'm trying to settle okay, here. Yeah, like, literally, yeah, like, for me, I was actually mind. really yeah. joined. Like, the people at Suicide Five were fucking cool. Him telling me that, I'm thinking, like, Savoy, really? Like, I've only been doing this, like, for, like, from, yeah, from the time I started in suiting, it's been not even, like, three years. And um, the CEO of the company reached out and he was like, can you come and see me next week? We know what, I'm just going to meet him. It's a chat, it's not an interview. So I met him. It was not even, like, two weeks. Uh, and he reached back out, he was like, you know what? I've got something. Yeah, he goes, like, I think I've got something for you here. Like, are you interested? And I was like, oh. yeah, I was <laughs> More like, fuck, like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go for it and do it. So I um, started the job at, uh, at Cad and the Dandy. It's the first time. But it looks like it was since, very fast. Your yeah, life was moving fast. This is yeah. the first time I've probably sat down and actually, like, broken it down. I realised I've come Quite far, uh, yeah, a, a long way uh, very quickly. Myself that I am very strong-minded. doesn't matter what people will say. If I want something, and that's what I'll go for, I'll put the world. It's always going to change, and if you've got that focus on an objective in the future, I don't care who says it, my mum is disappointing me, my dad, if my girlfriend doesn't believe me, I don't care who doesn't believe me, I'm going to go for that. I knew that Savro was the big leagues. I knew if I was on Savro, I'd be able to start there. getting a name for myself. So, so a regular person couldn't come across it, essentially? No, unless you knew it was there, you okay. wouldn't know. So what, what I loved about CAD is that they're all the newest guys on the road. So most of the tailors on that row have been there since like the 1800s. Mm -hmm. uh, and for me, although I love the craft of tailoring, like I probably wouldn't have worked at a place like that because yeah. it is still very, very traditional. Like to the point, there's probably no, no These music. guys are like the Uber of Savile Row. Yeah, They're yeah. very new to it. I think that's very needed, especially after all of this um, that's just gone on. Like Savile Row will have to do something um, to, to, start, stuff, yeah, yeah. to start adapting. Yeah, so I was there for like three years. Oh, nice. Um, and at CAD, that, like, again, I know I said it about Swiss Bath, I was there for the long run, it was the same with CAD, yeah, I was right. like, I'm going to be here for at least, I'm like... That's good though, in a way, you're going to businesses, you're not going there to be like, I'm here for a short term, you no, go there, I'm going to dedicate myself to this craft here, I'm going to give myself, and if, if anything does happen, it changes. My, my thing was just always just try and um, tackle what's in front of you now, just rather than think too, too much in the future, so, um, and uh, they taught me so, so much, I'm so grateful for that, um, that place, but... Um, that's where it just led me to a, a meeting just these so many different people in terms of like the rich rich mm. like not just the average guy like you're talking like the mega multi-millionaire yeah. like even billionaires, billionaires. Um, I dealt with so um, I've flown out to New York and handled trips out there and yes. seen clients out there so I, I started to get a, a real feel for like how lucrative this sort of business mm. is like 
you can make money and do what you love. Yeah. But I was like, shit, like this is amazing. Pause in there. One, what's one thing you feel like working around billionaires? Yeah. What and millionaires? What's one trait or kind of attribute you feel like you picked up on or learned from rich people? You'll deal with the people who are probably like just hit success. You know, they've made their first million, two million, uh, and the majority of them are assholes. To be completely <laughs> yeah. honest, because a lot of them get that sort of hierarchy. Like, okay, just got it now, I've yeah. achieved what I've achieved now. Who I don't really you, have to yeah. treat you with respect anymore. Just make my suit, uh, make me look good, and that's it. But then you meet like the the highly uh, millionaires. You know, the guys who have made so much money they're not even thinking about money anymore and those are like clients that you know i love to be around and mm. um, you know one of respectful the, guys modest that these guys for them time is worth more to them than money you know some people like their their biggest thing to achieve was to get that ferrari or to get the lamborghini and there's nothing wrong with that stuff don't get me wrong like if i had the the money i would probably buy something like that but that's not the fact that like, yeah. yeah that would not define me at all and I, but going back to cad um like I said, I was there three years, but I thought I was going to be there till like 35 onwards because everyone I was working with there was 35, uh, like 30 plus. Um, Do they all seem happy as well? Yeah, yeah. like, major- listen, at CAD it's a good life. Like, you're, you're having, you're running your business within a business. But then there's people like me who are thinking like, okay, shit, like, I'm making all this money for someone else. I was asking like, what's next or are you happy da, da, da. and like a lot of them were just happy there's nothing wrong with that yeah, exactly, yeah, there's exactly. nothing wrong with like being um, content with what you have yeah, some people don't want to push for, for know, more having that, not, yeah. having that income coming every month and, and have no stress like enjoying what you're doing so anyone else would have been happy you know there's nothing else there was nothing wrong with the place but you create someone else's dream exactly that so from a young age i mean probably just the way i've been brought up from my parents i've never sort of judged anyone um, you know, I've always treated everyone the same. So there was this one time this guy came in, he's walked upstairs, and like, you're not, when there's no appointments booked in, you're not expecting people to walk mm-hmm. in. And this guy's walked in, um, baggy chinos, he's like a PE teacher sort of prep. <laughs> um, and, yeah, 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 like yeah. A, a baggy polo. And he's gone, um, uh, I'm after uh, some suits, can anybody help me? And like, at this point, he speak, I've heard him speaking to like, the receptionist, and she's like, okay, let me see if any of the guys are free. So as she's walking to the back, the other boy is like scattered to the back. Okay. Uh, what is it you're interested in? He was like, I just need like a wardrobe update. And I was like, no problem at all. He goes, but I haven't got an appointment with you. I was like, that's absolutely fine. He goes, um, I'm up, but my wife and uh, kid are downstairs. Is there a lift uh, to bring the pram up? And I was like, don't be silly. Like, so I took off my jacket, went downstairs, helped him bring the pram up. So he's like, tea or coffee um, to the wife. Made them two coffees. She sat down, the bag was on like the iPad, and I gave her some fabrics to look at. Uh, and then we just, I just took him around the shop to show him what we do and what I do. Um, and I think it was a space of like 15 minutes with, I took him around and then we'd come back and he was like, babe, have you found anything? And I only gave her like, I think five books to look through. And she had like, when you like a fabric in one of the bunches, you just put it to the side. She had pulled to the side about 10 fabrics in each of the books. <laughs> So I'm thinking, okay, like she's, this is gonna be like, um, we're gonna have to go through this and pick one. Mm. And she was like, I like this, this, and this. Is that perfect? I'll make these. And I'm thinking, like, okay, maybe he doesn't know our prices. Yeah. So then um, I went through all the prices with him. And I was like, what is it that you you after? I know you said you wanted a wardrobe update, but what is it you did want? He goes, I need, I need winter suits, summer suits, and work suits. Oh, yeah. So I'm thinking, okay. 
so this, 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 and this, it came up. And the whole like, time you're probably thinking P short trash. Yeah, I'm, just, at, at this point, I'm, I'm trying not to like judge. Like, Undermine them. Like, yeah, 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 I never do. So it's good. I spoke to him exactly how I speak to anyone else. Um, but then I remember the total came to like forty five grand, um, and I was like, oh fuck, like I've lost him. And I paid forty five grand there and then on the spot, um, and I, I remember that day. I was like, fuck, like. These guys are gonna give me like five. So um, I was like, fucking hell, like this is crazy. Like, um, I'm not gonna continue doing this. I need to like start out by myself. So I was like, I didn't make any rash decisions. You know, I really looked into it. I was like, is this something that I can do now? Am I too young? Have I got enough clients? I'm all rushing this? it. Yeah, 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 yeah all this it. stuff. And, and you know what, like, if it wasn't for like the social medias and the stuff like that, then I probably would have left it maybe another five years to like, gain as much experience as I can. But, um, while I was at CAD, I was also doing their social media, like to really try and tr like, um, build that for them. Um, so I already knew how to handle that side mm -hmm. of things as well. And I knew the power of social media and was actually getting quite good business from it. So I was like, if I do leave it another five years, Probably the, the social media stuff's probably just not going to be as powerful. It's true. Um, so I was like, uh, had the, obviously the conversations with friends, family, my missus, and you know, you, at that point you don't hear maybe what you want to hear. Mm, you never are. Um, you know, so you really just need to be um, firm on your decision. Firm on your decision, like. But just gather people's thoughts. Hundred yeah. percent. Like my other half, like she's. The, like the best thing that's happened to me in terms of business and myself like she has never doubted my ability once no matter what I want to do um, you know families family is different it's the hardest thing I think to deal with is family because you know that's your family you love your family but there is there comes a time when you probably need to just disappoint them sometimes yeah you need to distance yourself and, and you know not tell them as much as you sort of want because it's not a fact that they don't want you to do it it's like your family want to see you do well in life, you know, and then if they're seeing you make making this good money, they're seeing you at a good job, several like stay there, you're in a good living. They, yeah, they, they, they don't want their kids to go through so much turmoil. They of want to course. keep it risk free yeah, as much yeah. as possible. They're your parents. So that's so your parents. So you to you, you, you can't look you, too yeah. deep into that. Like, so I never did. And then with friends, you know, you get the the guys who, you know, why are you going to do that? Oh, you take a pay cut. Why get like, and the thing is, I never mentioned once about money, but that's the thing they assume straight away is that, oh, why are you going to take a yeah. pay cut? That's the wrong mindset this, straight away. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, um, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do this. Um, and, and that was it. Oh. Uh, I was out. I was gone. Crazy. Crazy. And then... This. But before... While you were at CAD, did you always have Dimitri Bespoke? What was I your guess, first company name? Is it, is it Dimitri Bespoke. Bespoke. That's, yeah. yeah, that's still the yeah. one. I and guess the new one you've done is DB. DB Studio. So, okay. I'll get on to that. Um, we'll do the Dimitri Bespoke. Yeah, so Dimitri Bespoke was... Um, the suit. So my, I guess when I first got into suiting at Hackett, I ha didn't have like an end goal. And then I got into suits and I was thinking like, I want to do something like this eventually. But let me do this for at least 10 years plus, gain all the experience I need and start it up um, myself. Um, so it's always been the end goal to have my own business. Um, business. Like, even when I was a kid, it would be like, no matter what, I want to work for myself. I don't want to work for someone else. Didn't know what I would be doing. But you knew but that I, knew I wanted that. to be the main Whereas when I got into suiting and when I went to suit surprise, you know, I gained that love for, for suiting and just how it made me feel and everything about it. So I was like, that's the business mm -hmm. I'm going to do. So when I left CAD, I was like, um, I spent six months um, 
working out. Like the thing, the, the shit thing, the only shit thing about um, the industry that I was in, it wasn't like uh, working in the city doing stocks and wanting to start a menswear industry. Like I could do both. Mm. Whereas being at CAD, I couldn't exactly start my business and take customers and run a social media account. So I had to literally come off the radar for about six months due to like my contract and just generally like being able to like run the foundations of what it takes to start the business. So um, during that six months, I was thinking about names and structure and like goals and what I want to achieve. What's going to make your brand unique? Yeah, exactly. So big, the, the, probably the biggest um, problem I had at the beginning was the name. I didn't know what name was so always takes the longest, yeah. You know, so I was jotting down all these ideas, thinking, do I want it to be Italian? Awesome uh, do you remember like, ideas? Disato mm-hmm. was um, second in line, to be honest. It was like the tailor in Italy, it meant. It's uh, Italian. Mm. It meant the tailor, Disato. I was like, that's fucking cool, man. So um, I was about to go for that. And then some guy did the same font as Disato, but put Dimitri Bespoke. I saw that, I was like, shit, that looks oh, good as well. Um, and then I started to think like, what, what, what are the um, main things about my business? Like, with what you do as a like a, a sole sole trader, like if it's just going to be me, like I need people to know who I am. Mm. Like I can't run this art and be like and expect people to know what that is. Yeah. Um, whereas like my old firm, you know, they're on several that suit supply they have their brand already so me i thought you know what what's the best way of what's the best way of people getting to know me so i thought you know i'm gonna go for the mutual bespoke like i want i want to be able to be so proud of what i'm making um that when people leave you know they've got that label on the inside of the suit saying dimitri bespoke you know and it's a it's you know as as cliche it sounds like it's a bit of me leaving the door Mm. you know so like that gives me an extra bit of pride more pride to uh like uh, make something that I'm, I'm truly proud of and that someone's happy with. That makes sense. That makes sense. Let's take a quick at before we were talking about. So we just got onto Dimitri Bespoke and how yeah. you got the name and yeah. So from there, go on. Um, yeah. So from from there, I guess this is when the ball like everything completely changed. Like um, you're a business owner now. You're trying to yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm a business owner. Uh, trying to make money. Trying to um, start a brand. Trying trying to make people know who I am, what I do. Um, I would say the first year of owning a business was the most difficult year of my life without a doubt. And how long have you been doing the Beatrice? Um, it'll be two years in October. Yeah, so it's very recent. So you've got to think, like my first year I just said was my most difficult year I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and the second year, this shit just happened. Oh well, uh, yeah, So um, this is why I was really excited like, to talk to you today and just like let let it out and just, I know that people shouldn't sugar, sugarcoat anything. Um, so yeah, my first year of business, I'd say was my toughest. Um, because what you what you tend to do, no matter, no, no matter how good your execution is or your business plan or anything like that, you can't help but watch what other people are doing in terms of other businesses in your industry. It's only natural. Um, so what I was doing when I first started, although I knew what I wanted my Instagram to look like, what I wanted my brand to be, I was still maybe looking at my past employee, was looking at other tailors, was looking at um, my competitors. And although it's good to do this at the beginning, so when you're starting out in a business, it's good to find out who your like top three competitors mm. are and find out what they're doing good and what they're doing wrong. Um, but then after a while, yeah. you can just focus on myself. Yeah, it's not until like about, it's not even until about three months in, I was thinking, shit, like, 
I'm competing with people who've been going for like ten plus years. Like, what am I doing? Like, why am I what trying to be anyone yeah. else? And um, me myself personally, like, I went through like through school, especially when you're not you're not talking about the normal stuff and especially being a big dreamer like me you do get um a lot of doubters and you have that sort of insecurity where you like feel like you need to fit in mm-hmm. you know and so I, you, talk, you start changing the way you think to adjust with 100%, everyone else and there's no doubt like from probably like 17 to about maybe 20 like i'm talking like late teens like i really struggled with that and and feeling like i had to impress other people or like through social media, through what I was doing, or like had to do stuff for other people. And like, what you realize is that when you're doing that sort of shit, and when you feel like you're doing stuff to make other people happy, you're probably the most unhappy person in yourself. Because exactly. those, um, those people are gonna change. So if you're just trying to follow what everyone else is doing, you're gonna be chopping and changing all 100%. the time. And you're not gonna know your original self. So do you feel like, do you surround yourself? Do you have loads of friends? Do you have a small circle? And is that small circle, do they all think like you? Are they similar? It's, or, it's, there's nothing down to the T, they don't yeah, think yeah, exactly like yeah, Dimitri, yeah. but do you feel like your circle at the moment is way better than what it was before? I mean, let me, if I backtrack a little bit, before I met my, um, I've never been in a relationship, guys, I've never been in a relation, relationship before, um, the one I'm in now, before Steph. Um, so, my goal was always to be so happy within myself, to not actually need anyone else to mm. provide that happiness for me. So like before I met Steph, I met Steph when I was like 21. So that's what I mean, from, from 17 to about 20, that's when I was going through that stage, like trying to impress other people, making sure people knew I was doing like all the right things, mm-hmm. where in reality, like you're not. That's when I was going through the crazy shit, like leaving a job that was good money to try and start something else. So I was really working on like myself and you know, I felt the best I'd ever felt when I was about 21. Like I was working out loads, I was eating right, doing the right things. Associated with the right people, and then I remember I met, a picture of you in Vegas. You were in sick shape. <laughs> oh, I remember seeing that. I was like, boy, that's the shit. I, I think working hard for that. That 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 came with um, starting up the business. But I'll get into that in terms of how I discipline myself. But uh, you are sort of what people I surround myself with, and I, I feel like it's not until I started my business is that I realised like I know you always hear it when you watch these motivational podcasts. Everyone always talks about who they're surrounding mm-hmm. themselves with, and you're thinking. All right, I get it, but it's not that deep. Um, realistically, it is exactly it, it is, is that very deep. deep. Like, and, and it's it's taken like this time, like so with the COVID nineteen stuff. The last three months, no one's been able to do anything, see anyone. You know, it's pr- pretty much been like you in your own head, um, and thinking like, who's the people who are reaching out to me now? Who's the people who are picking up the phone? Mm. Like, those are the people that you want in your life going forward. So I think. I've always been, yeah, I've always been skeptical who I surround myself with, but during this time, I've dropped a lot of unnecessary people out of my life, 100%. Like, I've, I've, you know, there's people I was calling throughout all of this, like, asking them how they were and how they're doing, and I weren't getting anything back. back, yeah. So I was like, fuck this. Like, especially for me, being so. Not that you were calling them hoping with expectations, I'm only calling this person, so they call me back, but you, yeah, you yeah. just had a little think, and times like this, is you need to reflect on life and just cut. Just get rid of the shit, man. We're still young people. You look back at it when you're 50 and you'll have different friends as well. Yeah. So you, some, you, have, you do have to reflect, man. Even some of your closest friends, you'll realise that yeah, yeah. people change. Everyone's different, but you've got to keep grounded. You've got your eyes on the vision, which yeah. is the most important thing. Keep your family close. You've got your girlfriend, your future yeah. wife, and your vision. And that's 100%. the most important thing, man. And whoever comes along, 
comes. Throughout that process comes, whoever goes, goes. Right, it's, it's all about, it's, it's definitely all about that, man. And I think from the, from the get-go, when this all started um, in March, you got to think, like, I just went through the probably most difficult first year um, because what I realised in my first year that you actually don't learn anything about starting up a business in school. Really? For me, I hadn't because I hadn't maybe gone to the next level, like a sixth form university where you maybe would have mm. learned a bit more, but because I left so soon, I didn't know much about actually running a business. So, you know, it's not just sunshine and rainbows like, oh, you're your own boss, you do what you want, when you want. Of course, that will come eventually. But the beginning but from the beginning, it's tough. Sacrifice, you yeah. know, no one sees the hours you're putting in. No one sees the downfalls. No one sees like even down to the financials and the accountancy stuff and taxes and all this sort of shit. Like I never knew anything about yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff. I'll be honest. Um, so you got to wear all these like multiple caps. Um, you know, get through it. So it's not so you just, do all that yourself. You yeah, hundred percent. I like. Do you learn it all yourself as well? Literally everything. Everything now you see is is me. And I I've always honestly had. Uh, people to speak to, but I've never had a mentor. That's something I am definitely looking for. Like mentors, I've heard all, all successful yeah. people always hear that voice of my mentor. Yeah. And I want to find no, my where, mentor. Where are yeah, 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 give me one. But I never, <laughs> I never had that. Um, so yeah, it wasn't just me putting on a suit, selling someone a suit, fitting them for a suit. Like there was so much more to it. Um, so it's not until the first year that I actually realised exactly what I wanted the brand to be like, what I wanted it to represent. Uh, and then straight from the get go from like New Year's in January, like I was on I was on the up, like things were going well, my social media platform was looking the way I, want, I wanted it to look. It was very it was getting to that stage where it was becoming transparent, like I wanted to be able to people to know who I was. Because the first year I was posting pictures of like fabrics and you know, putting the basic quote or caption like that other people were doing. Um, whereas like what I started to do from January was really start to um, while they're very descriptive, uh, descriptive captions about the product mm. and about the fit and starting to like give people a bit of knowledge behind suiting, not just, just showing them a good suit and Casual kind of quotes and stuff yeah. like that, as you were saying. So, um, I mean, going from what you were saying just now about like everything was going to well to January, uh-huh. it was similar to my position. I've been at my company, not with this episode about me guys, but yeah. um, I was at my company, I still am at the company for like three years, sales manager, I get to go out to America twice a year, like all that stuff is sick, uh-huh. loved it. Like last time I went to America, I went in first class and like that was like one of the best things yeah, ever. I've never been in first class before. Job was sick, like I saw myself here, same with you're saying, like last time I got my promotion, I was telling them, look, in all honesty, I see myself here for the rest of my life. Obviously COVID's happened now, yeah. it makes you self-reflect. Like I'm thinking, look, my job's completely fucked now. Yeah. I have no control in what's happening, so I want. Uh, and it does take a leap of faith, and no, you need so supportive cool, people as well. I spoke to my girlfriend, my girlfriend always supports me, but yeah. make decisions you need to make, yeah, yeah. whatever you do. Um, but it does take a leap of faith, and I, I've taken a leap of faith before, I would say. I went to university, I dropped out of university. Uh-huh. My, my dad really wanted me to go to uni, but even when I went to college, I was like, I've done maths, physics, ICT, and English lit. I got, I got a U in all of them. Like, a U means that you more or less like, haven't yeah, put yeah. any effort. Yeah. And I only done it because there was nothing else I really wanted to do. Yeah. It's a common rat race. Oh, if you don't know what to do, you just go to uni. 100%. Went to uni, done business economics because it sounded cool. Done it for a year. I was like, this, this is shit. shit. I changed the marketing with psychology. Done that for two years. I had one more year of my degree and I was like, I'm going to get this degree. And then what? And then, yeah, I'm going to go probably get a job I'll do without this degree. So I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to drop out of uni. And oh, but I was scared. 
I called my dad, told him, he was like, end of the day, you can make your own decisions. But even yeah. when they say that, you're still fearful. You're like, 100%. oh, they can be disappointed in me. Yeah. Looking back on it now, it's probably the best decision I've made. Yeah. At the time, I was shitting it. I was like, mate, I'm dropping out of uni. None of my friends are dropping out of uni. All my friends have degrees. I'm the only one without a degree, and I'm dropping out of uni. Like, I don't, have a, yeah. I don't really have a backup plan. Just dropped out, found a job. Next thing you know, like, I'm working in sales and stuff. Yeah. And the rest is history. So sometimes it does take a leap of faith. It's not the easiest thing, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I want to take a leap of faith now. And like, it's even scarier now because I'm paying rent. Yeah. And no one else is going to pay the rent for me. No. So you do have to make tough decisions. But what I've told myself recently is like, what's the worst that can actually happen? 100%. Like, okay, i got one month without paying rent. I'm sure I've got close friends and family that will help me out for a month or two. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not really going to die. No. I'll, 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 be happy, I'll happily go broke for a year, two yeah. years, whatever I have to. But I'll say you have to sacrifice something for the long term, man. If you want that life in the future, I don't think anyone 100%. can have it easy going, man. Take like, the risk now. That billionaire, young. the guy that you met, like I'm sure he's taking some crazy risks. He's taking a lot of leap of faith. Anyone you look at now, like any 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 uh, you know business owner has at one point taken the big risk. Well, massive risk. You know, if it was easy, a lot of risks. I know it's cliche. Everyone says that. You know, if it was easy, everyone would do it. But it's, it's fucking true. Yeah. That's why everyone says it. But no one does it. Yeah, but yeah. no one does it because they don't. They either care what people think too much, or they don't believe in themselves. And these are two things that you know, are mentally draining. You know, the biggest thing ever before anything, before you set up a business plan, before you set up your found foundations of the business, is the belief in yourself that you can achieve what you want to achieve. No matter what, yeah. doesn't matter what people say because there will always always be people who put you down. Even, Even sometimes your family. Yeah, of course, yeah, that's the yeah, hardest. That's thing the about craziest it. one. Yeah. The hardest thing about it is that, and you know. This year, and what I've what I've really done is, is is begin to sort of audit myself and realize like, are the people around me draining me or are they fueling me? Mm. You know, and if they if they're draining me, cut them out. You have to, man. Yeah, like, make, it. it might be sad. They might people might talk behind your back. Oh, where's Dimitri going? But yeah, yeah. no one's paying your bills. No, man. of course, really. You gotta take care of yourself. You're number do, one. All that's gonna do for these guys is make them realize what their character is and who they are as a person. Because I I always feel like people who have the most to say. Are the ones suffering with the most insecurity, 100%. and the people who are doubt put doubt on your dreams are the ones who wish yeah. they could they could pursue what they want to do. That's true, man. It's you know, so as, as as much as you know, I I want everyone to do well. Don't get me wrong, and I think that's the best mindset to be in is that you know if you see someone in the nice car, you see someone in the nice house, be happy like, for them, not be, be happy for them. Maybe time. ask them what they've done to get there. Yeah. Instead of saying like, oh fuck him, look at him, he's a show off, that's dad's money, or yeah. oh look at him, he doesn't need that house. Like, be a nice person. I think that. That's what I've realised in... Um, gets you further in life. Gets you further in life. All the hate in your that, heart gets you nowhere. You know, I met the richest people, like I said, and they tend to be the nicest guys. Mm. You know, and they've always got the same sort of habits. So as much as keeping the good five to ten people around you um, who are fueling you, you always got to keep, you have to keep uh, five or ten good habits as well. Mm. Um, so that goes into sort of like my daily routine and what my habits are now. Uh, and how I've disciplined myself because when I first started this business, the biggest struggle I had was um, how do I structure my day? Uh, how do I structure my day? Like I've been, I've always worked in London, and that's something I've always wanted to do. So I've always sort of got the same sort of training in the morning, seeing 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 the same sort of people, and you know, got my coffee, uh, like gone out for lunch, enjoying my co-workers, all of that sort of stuff, and then going starting by yourself. Like the first year is very lonely, mm. you know. You, you're, you've got your other half, you've got your friends around you, but realistically, like day to day, you're by yourself trying to grind out what needs it's to be done. So, you're just 
that conversation you have all the time. And you have to be a decision maker. So like I'm, that's one thing I, I'm trying to work on is like, I'm very indecisive, so I'm trying to be a little bit more decisive because you do need to be like yeah, that. Sometimes it's crunch times. Um, so another thing as well, I've been thinking about recently as well of why I just even started to decide to do this podcast. I mean, this video podcast is not making me any money right now, and it was just more something like, if you don't start now, when are you going to start doing something? This is not going to be my final product. If you look at all business owners, they never started with one idea and it pops straight away. No, I'm, I'm going to use a very extreme example: Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook. Facebook wasn't his first idea. People think, oh, he just done an idea in a bedroom, yeah. billionaire. He was coding, he was making uh, uh, businesses and uh, websites for other companies all the time. You chop and change. This yeah. would like, as you've seen in your business, you've changed the approach of how you're gonna post stuff yeah, and talk yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't start now, when are you gonna start? You have to start now because this is not your final product. So that's what I've been telling myself over lockdown. Yeah. I was like, it's just about starting something. Like, it's never, one thing I've realized is that you, it will never ever be the right time or you'll never be ready. Yeah, you you sort of right just time, need to yeah. do it. There will never be the right time. There will never, you'll never hear what you want to hear from someone. You just need to have the confidence in yourself to do it. Just jump, yeah. And like you said there about um, him, it's like, people will choose what they want to see. So it doesn't matter even if I was super successful with what I want to do, there's still going to be people who have things to say. So I guess the main thing for me now is I only focus on the things that I can control. Mm -hmm. uh, I only focus on the good things. I only focus on the things that I'm grateful for. I don't focus on anything else. Even this this last three months has been the most hardest time for me, like without a doubt. I imagine, you know, yeah. you, had, you had all these employers um, I know although everyone was at risk, they got put on furlough, they were comfortable, they were getting their monthly income. Then you got the self-employed guys who were getting their grants, mm. you know. But there was all these small, the small print that people didn't see is that you had to have a business running for three years to be able to get to a, be grant, a yeah. grant. To get a grant. So where are you? So you I had no literally help, yeah. got no help from none of the schemes. Like none of the government schemes helped me out. And during time and of that, you could start doubting yourself. Like you know what, maybe I should just stop this. The easy thing, the easy thing for me to do at that point was to quit was to get the to get a job and and like everything just stopped from like I was from January February I was en route to have my best year um yeah like I, in those first two months I'd made what I'd made in six months of my first year of business so then March so it, 2020 yeah, great yeah. start bro if you see it. like my stuff if you see my mood board and my vision board in January like 2020 was going to be my year like this was the year that people were going to know about mm. what I was doing but um Come March, literally everything just stopped. Weddings got cancelled. People were demanding refunds because March is, without a doubt, the busiest time for me. March until about May is when people put the orders in for their wedding suits, and I was I was already on 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 par to having like one of the busiest summers, and everything just stopped. So I was just like, I, I'm not gonna beat around the bush and say like when this happened, like I went down and out. Like for the first maybe two weeks, I'd say. I stopped gym, like I didn't want to get out of bed, I was like super fucking oh, down. It's natural, um, and that's and that's 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 again when you know that yeah, inner belief comes out and I was like, what, what am I doing? Like, why am I feeling so over myself? Out? Exactly. No, yeah, like, it's easy so, to be like oh, the world's against me. You know, why is COVID that, like that? Everything everything is a mindset, bro. Like everything is how you choose to look at life. So even when it came to all this COVID stuff, like I chose myself to maybe at the beginning I was watching maybe glimpses of the news, like just to find out what was going on. But then when I started to realise Fuck, like this shit is showing me nothing but mm. negative stuff. Like, I stopped watching. I'm making you think more negative. You know, I, I don't even yeah. watch the news. I read about the stocks and yeah, stuff, yeah. but I don't watch any news because they've all got an agenda and the agenda is always negative. 100%. They're not making man. you happy. They're, they're not looking, they're not saying, like, oh, 
to boost your immune system, you should be eating well, boost you should be uh, training. Like when they're not talking about none of that stuff, like I don't care. It, it's no good. So I just got back into my daily routine, which is um, I wake up at 5.30 in the morning every day. Um, Weekends? And Weekends, Saturdays, I wake up about eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll do the same sort of routine. Sunday's my day off. But Monday to Friday, this sort of early hour start happened to me when I wanted to dis- like have some discipline when I started my business. And um, all these podcasts and all these business and then business owners and books I was reading, everyone sort of had this thing where they were waking up at like 5 a.m. to like start their day right. Where Whereas it, even if they were working out or Whatever meditating or anything they were doing, they were getting up that early and, and, and starting their day. So I thought, you know, this, if everyone's doing it and they're like reaping the benefits from it, then no, I'm going to do it. Try, yeah. So um, yeah, for the first year, like I was waking up 5.30 in the gym by 6. And I'll train for an hour, which I call my happy hour, to the point that I wouldn't go on. I wouldn't go on social media. I wouldn't go on my messages. Nothing like that. I'll usually just put on like an hour podcast or an hour YouTube video, and, and watch like business owners or like interviews just like this, and you know, and just get inspired and and set up my goals Start your day for right. the day. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I've been doing for like yeah the last year and a half now, and that's the benefits of that are just unreal. Like it's so easy to wake up on days and. Um, not want to get out of bed or like yeah. your brain tells you the whole time to go yeah. to sleep man who doesn't want to go out this no sleep? exactly especially with all of this shit going on so um when you have when you have days like that which you know everyone's going to have days like that even me like so there's going to be days where you do just want to stay in bed especially throughout winter when it's colder you just want to stay in bed um there's this woman i watch called mel robbins mel robbins have you heard of her she's got this thing called like the five second rule and she uses it in every aspect that reminds of your school life. when something drops on the floor yeah literally five like that but um it's crazy because he f- I thought at first, like, what is that about? And then now she's known for it globally. But it's basically like you give yourself five, you give yourself five seconds to make a decision. Or, for instance, in my case and what she does, like, if you do get that time where you're uh, in your head, you're telling yourself, like, you want to stay in bed and not get out of bed, you count down from five and just and fucking get decision, up. Yeah. Just get up. Like, don't even think about it. Because I've heard some things, my, 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 sorry to interrupt, my friend yeah. said that an indecisive decision is worse than a bad decision. 100%. And that's, that's stuck with me as well. Like, yeah. you've just got to make a decision. You, you can sit there and be like, I've done it, or should I have done it? You've just got to stick to it. There's, never, there's never a point when you get out of the gym and you feel like shit. Oh, Never. Shit, I shouldn't have worked out. That's my favourite satisfaction yeah. of working out in the morning. Like, of as much as I hate it, I thought, like, oh. But I, the thing that's changed me and I always want to work out is because I know that feeling. Once you come out the shower after a workout, you're like, yeah. I'm so happy. I and a that. cold shower. Oh, that's and then with a cold shower, you wake up strong. Yeah. I love cold showers. You have actually so muscle recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect. One of the best things. Like if my shower was overhead, I would love it. Mine's like a handle one, so I just uh, put it all yeah. on myself, which is a bit harder. <laughs> but I like the one that just drops on you because a cold shower, health-wise, as you were saying, it's crazy. Muscle recovery is yeah. great. And it wakes you the fuck up. It <laughs> like, wakes you the fuck yeah. up. So that's, that's something that I've... Um, I've loved doing and yeah with that with the five second rules I've started to like put it into other aspects of my life so like if there's a de- uh, decision to be made you know give my five self five seconds count down from five and just fucking make the decision it. otherwise you're just constantly going to be going back and forth it's the same with like just staying in bed like the time you get your phone out the time you even think about should I go gym or not you're likely not to go yeah. so just fucking get up and, and, and get it done so that's that yeah that's good man five second rule Never heard that one. Give it a go. Oh, time type in Mel, Robin, uh, Mel Robbins. So now, so we are in August now. Lockdown slowly easing. Yeah. Are you feeling more positive? Are you feeling are like people coming back business wise? Are you getting um, people like how has things been so far now? So for me, come like when we were like two months into lockdown, I thought like you know what, I'm just gonna be realistic here 
uh, and know that the suiting stuff is not gonna pop off again until like New Year. Mm. Now, without a doubt, because even if people start to go back to work, which they are now, you know, I've been going into London, you're not even allowed in the buildings. Yeah, yeah. Um, so is this, you work is, this, is this where the other brand connects now? So you that exactly so that, yeah. crisis comes opportunity, some people yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, so that's, this the, is, that's the blessing, like for me, it's a blessing in disguise. Like I've always, when I meet my clients, I've always had um, them ask, like when I go to fittings, I don't always wear a suit. And that's what I love, it's like, um, I don't have to portray myself in any way right now. Like if I'm going to someone's house to, to fit them up, all right, most of, sometimes I will wear a suit, but there was also times that I will probably just rock up in like a, something smart-ish, like even just a Casual hoodie. Smart, Casual yeah. smart, exactly. And a lot of people that would tell me like, where's that hoodie from or where the chinos from or where's stuff like this from. So um, I hated that I couldn't cater for people, like even myself, who can't afford like a thousand pound suit. Mm. So my, my suits do start at a thousand pound, which is, you know, it is still more than the average suit. However, for what I'm offering and what I do, it's the same level of service as you would receive on Savile Row, which is, you know, starts at like three and a half grand. Um, so with that, that's something I've always stuck to. And I, I pride myself in what I um, do. So with that price, you get everything. Um, but yeah, uh, this opportunity came and I was thinking to myself, how can I uh, offer like this, like other services through Dimitri Bespoke? And I thought, you know what, like, do I really want to be able to sell like a hundred pound um, trousers on D Dimitri Bespoke or is that just going to undermine my suits? Mm -hmm. So I thought, what can I do? And um, I started to put a little business plan together uh, and I came up with this idea like BB Studio, which is like Dimitri Bespoke Studio, um, but it would just be known for like BB eventually, hopefully. Because mm -hmm. um, this studio I was going to in North London, I was having conversations with, they were making um, men's clothing and now, I mean, talked with them to actually just take over the the factory and just be producing from oh, nice. uh, from there so it's just pretty much a studio in north london that will be making stuff in-house and be selling at an affordable price point cool, so no suits nothing like that just smart casual wear or anything that i think i would wear so i'm not going to be doing like spring collection summer collection winter collection it's just going to be whatever i think um i like and i'll think at people would like because uh, there'll be times i'll wear a suit on a monday and i'll wear a hoodie and streetwear on like a Tuesday mm. and I like that so I want this brand to literally be that a reflection of yeah a reflection of that and if Covid didn't happen you probably wouldn't be doing that no, essentially your mind would have been suit 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 so yeah. once again at least during this time you, you've been able to reflect and you've actioned another plan yeah so this, that's, that's, that's a great mindset there man that's, that's very motivational stuff that you've been able to a lot of people just sit back there and feel sorry for themselves and it's easy i feel sorry for myself sometimes as well even yeah, yeah. sometimes i'm mourning to my girlfriend and i'm just there thinking like cam you're just sitting there standing that you feel sorry for yourself yeah. like the world's not going to feel sorry for you you just got action the best shit, thing man. is that you you know you're you're aware of what you're doing exactly that's, and that's like me when i feel like i am talking shit, dragging on you're like, like talking negative i get pissed off at myself so i completely switch yeah, it like dimitri shut up you don't want to be you don't want to be around someone like that so why you being time, time like that. yeah it's true yeah. amen to that man yeah yeah well i think that's been a good hour and a half. It's been very good. I think we covered a lot. We covered your history, how you got into fashion, yeah. the decisions you've made, the people you've met, the structure you have, this the attributes you've met in kind of the successful people yeah. and the vision you have. I mean, to end it, where do you want your business to be in, let's say, what year are we now? 2020, by 2025, 2030, because you have said a few times. Yeah. 
I want yeah, something and that there. Yeah, what yeah. is that end goal for you? I mean, there's never. I mean, we can never. You should. I personally should never like add something tangible to an end goal. Uh-huh. Someone's goal should always be to improve themselves yeah, every yeah. day. Um, but on a tangible side of things, where do you want Dimitri Bespoke in the next five years? Um, I'll be honest with you. I used to always set up five-year, ten-year plans. Um, but what I've wanted to do and what my New Year's resolution was to do this year was really start living in the moment a little bit more. You know, not being so hard on myself and having these goals to constantly hit. Although it's great to have goals, um, you know, and I know I will tell you what my five-year plan is. Um, like I said to you here, this is the first time I've really sat down and realised how far I've actually come. And I really just want to like, start to um, focus on what's ahead of me rather than thinking so far in the future and giving myself so much pressure to hit those hit those goals. What I'm now doing is like yearly goals. Mm. You know, so every year I wanna just make sure the business is growing, growing, growing to where it needs to be. But in five years time, um, I definitely just want it to be scalable like uh, the old company I was at. So being able to go to different countries and taking my brand to like people it, yeah. across the world. Uh, and to hold these sort of trunk shows, which is basically like taking all the fabrics and all the suits with you to, you know, definitely to Dubai. I want to get out there ASAP. I've never been, oh. but it's always been somewhere that I know. It's funny you say that in a sense that when you're talking about you have anxiety of traveling alone. Yeah. I went to Dubai last December. Yeah. I went by myself. And it was probably the best decision I've ever made yeah. going on holiday by yourself. And people were baffed. I told my mum, she said, why don't you go with your girlfriend? Safi was asking me, my girlfriend, why are you going by yourself? And you know people's doubts, I said, all oh, the lads would be like, are you going there to cheat? You going yeah, there? Yeah, it's just natural, people think yeah, like that. Yeah. Honestly, I went there for four, uh, uh, three nights, four days, best time of my life. Oh, I went there, I just reflected, relaxed on the beach. It was a very short time, because when you go on holiday a lot of time with the lads, you're pissed out of your head. Yeah. I mean, you need another holiday after the holiday. You come back from the holiday. Was it really a holiday? Was it really time for reflection? You just went there to get pissed off and have fun with the lads. Don't get me wrong. That's fun as well. But honestly, I highly highly recommend doing solo holidays, man. Even if you're in a relationship, even if it's two, three days, you're there by yourself, you're with your thoughts, and you can just plot and reflect. So one thing I recommend to anyone is doing a holiday by yourself is probably one of the best things I've ever done. But yeah, Dubai, definitely go to Dubai, man. It grows you as a person. It does, man. Because if you can can handle your own mind by yourself, you can handle anything. Man. A lot of people can't handle their own uh, space. Or no, their that's own why this, this last sort of three months has, has made everyone either switch on, like you said, and realise like they're working for the man mm. and what are they actually doing with their, with their, their life, lives. Yeah. You know? So it's, take, it's taken this to realise that it doesn't matter what your friend's doing or what he's doing. Like you need to focus on what you you're want doing, and what you're exactly doing. Right. So if you're happy with working for someone else, like I, I'm, I'm not one to judge. I would never say Yeah, that. I don't mind people like that. Yeah, some people love it, yeah. For instance, like I always look at my future and my future kids and what I, my, for me, success is, you know, pure happiness. Like not having someone else's, like your boss or your work or situations uh, determine your happiness. Yeah. It's like you yourself being able to do what you want, when you want, being able to give my kids what they want, when they want, and just, to be someone they look up to. So if there t- comes a time when my kids are like, I want to do this or I want to do that, I'm, I'll say to them like, as long as you believe in it and you'll be able I'll to be happy, yeah. match up your words with ac- with actions, like do it, I'm 100% behind you. So until I've achieved it, I don't feel like it gives me the right to be able to Talk support them as much as I want. So That's good, man. That's good. That's good that you're thinking ahead, that you're thinking yeah. about like, what kind of role model do I want to be for my kids as well? 
That's important, man, because your kids are going to look up to you and your kids are going to gain all the strengths from you and probably be even better than you. That's the drive yeah. every day, 100%. You're laying that sounds, foundation. It sounds like cliche you know, a long, yeah. cliche is a long time away, but that is definitely something that drives me forward because I want to be able to, to, to really be that person for them. Pretty foundation. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Dimitri. It's been a pleasure.